to all the fathers in here and to your fathers as well. I know it's not easy to be a father. It's one of the most challenging things in a man's life, right? So today we recognize your efforts and your sacrifices that you have made. We honor you, we celebrate you, and we give you the respect due to you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Now this Sunday, <clears throat> we are taking a break from our series on Esther to do just that. We're going to give our attention to our fathers and to their families. And the way we're going to do that in this message is we're going to consider one of the most vital things that a father has to do with his family. In fact, it's one of the most vital things for the whole family, for every member of the family. And if the father pays the price to do this right, and if the family follows his example, then we're on our way to healthier families. I'm talking about communication. So today, let's talk about talking. You know, last October, our church had its first uh, round family table talk. And we basically broke out into smaller groups to go with our same, with our peers. And we listened to each other. We shared our stories. And what we found out there is that there is a widespread communication breakdown in our families. It's almost dysfunctional. You know, yeah, we're talking, but we're not communicating. We're not listening to each other. We're not understanding. So let's take a pause this morning to consider that, talk about that. Now, as we do that, for some of you, you've had great fathers. And as you're listening, you're thinking to yourself, wow, my dad is so great. And that's wonderful. I'm glad for you. And I hope by the end of this message, you're praising God for the grace that he has given you through your father. But I know for some of us, it's going to be different. You didn't have the best dad. And so as you're listening, maybe you're going to say to yourself, I see, my dad didn't do that. That's why we're so messed up. Well, wait, wait, wait. That's not very helpful. That's going to be damaging to your soul. What God calls you to do instead is to forgive as you have been forgiven and to see how you can play a part in improving your family. See, communication, it's a two-way thing, right? That means, yeah, you can't do it all by yourself, but you can make a difference. And so I hope by the end of this message, you're also praising God and thanking Him for grace and asking Him for more grace so that you can go out and honor your Father. Now, my hunch is, for most of us, it's going to be a mix of both. You know, my, our dad is not exactly the best, but, you know, he tries, and so, in one way or another, I hope by the end of this message, we're all praising God, thanking Him for the grace that He has given us, and asking Him for more grace, so that we all can go out there and honor our fathers. Now, before we talk about talking, about communication, let's listen. And let's listen to what God has to say. What wisdom does He offer us for our families today? Let me read to you a passage from Proverbs 23, 24-26. It says there, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. Interesting passage. And there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned here to make our 
communication inside the family, especially for the fathers, healthier and something more meaningful. So let's talk. Let's talk about communication and let's look at it through three aspects this morning. Let's talk about the need for communication. Why? You know, what are the costs? And what will be the blessings? What will motivate us to do this? Now, when we talk about the costs of communication, Ted Tripp, who, write, who wrote this ex- excellent book on parenting, he shares this conversation that he had with a father. He, ta- he tells the father, tell me about the communication you have with your son. And the father says, oh, we're doing okay. Just last night, my son told me he wanted the bicycle. And I told him to eat his beans. And it's a pretty funny conversation, but Ted Tripp later reflects and he says, you know what? That conversation is actually a pretty accurate description of what passes as conversation between most parents and their children. That is, children tell them what they want and parents tell them what they do. And we're talking, we're talking, but we're never penetrated beyond the surface. We're not communicating. See, we talk, but we talk about what's on the surface. We talk about the external stuff, the stuff that we can see. We talk about your behavior, your habits, your choices, your responsibilities, the logistics. But rarely, if ever, do we penetrate beyond that to what's underneath, to what's hidden in the heart, our emotions, our fears, our motivations, our hopes in life. We don't talk about that. But you contrast that to, to, to what the Proverbs says here. It says, my son, give me your heart. And the image here is a father that's talking to his son, right? He's instructing him about the right way to live. But see, what does he do here? He's not just giving his son seven habits of highly effective people here. Although he does do that, he gives principles that are wise for living. See, he doesn't just say, my son, here are the rules and here are the consequences and I'm warning you. He doesn't just do that, although he does do that also. But he goes beyond that. The wise father says, my son, give me your heart. I'm not just concerned about your choices and your behavior. I can see that. I want to understand what's happening inside your heart. What's really going on inside you? See, the wise father, he goes beneath the surface. He goes underneath. He digs deep. He pursues and he draws out what's hidden in the heart of his children. That means when your son is doing that stupid thing again, you don't just focus and zoom in on that behavior. You don't just scold him and and, and give out more consequences for that behavior, but you go further than that. You ask him, what is really making you do that thing again? What's what's driving you to do that thing again? And by the way, right, like I said, communication is is a two-way thing. So this goes for every member of the family. Maybe your father always, you know, loses it when it comes to money. Instead of just focusing on that bad behavior, maybe you could make an effort to understand what is your father so deeply afraid of when it comes to money. See, that is more than just bad behavior and habits and choices. It has something to do with the heart. And unless our conversations go beneath the surface and reach the heart, then we will never have any real connection and lasting transformation. 
You see, why is that so important? Why? Well, let's think about it for a minute. You know, as a parent, especially when you first become a parent, you quickly experience two things. The first is you quickly find out that your adorable little baby is a sinner. Is <laughs> a sinner. You know, it takes, them, it takes such a long time to teach them how to eat and drink and sleep and take care of themselves. But nobody has to teach them how to lie, how to hurt others. Nobody taught them to be greedy and selfish and stubborn. They're naturals at it. They just do it. And the second thing you experience as a parent is, you know, at first your baby looks up to you. You're her daddy. You're his hero. And so your authority is at an all-time high. What you say is the law. And, you know, later on they disobey, but you're still much bigger and stronger and, well, they depend on you for everything. So to a certain extent, you have the capacity to enforce your rules. Here's what you should do. Eat your veggies and so on. But, you know, over time you're getting weaker and older and your children are getting stronger and more independent. And soon they won't listen to what you have to say just because you said so. They're going to do what they want to do. And so as parents, you're considering and managing these two things, right? Your children have real sins in their heart. But also at the same time, you know that your authority is already eroding the moment they were born. And so while they are under your care, you can tell them how to behave, what is the right way to live. But when they're out of your care, well, guess what happens? They're going to live the life they really want to live. They're going to pursue what their hearts really want. And what's that going to be? Do we know what's that going to be? What do our, heart, what do our, our children really want in their hearts? If all the parent does is when they're young and they say, here's how to live. Do this, do that. Don't do this or else. If that's all they did, if, that, if they talk, if they stayed on the surface, if they never engaged the heart, and no one else intervened in their life, then guess what? What's going to happen? Those little sins that you saw in your children's heart, that doesn't magically disappear just because they get older. No, no, no. Those little sins are going to grow and multiply into full-sized cockroaches infesting their hearts. And the Bible says as long as the heart is infested with sin, then you're never going to produce good fruit. Oh yeah, on the outside, you may be living recklessly or religiously. You may be a complete mess or you may be as clean as a Pharisee, but when God looks underneath and he sees the heart, all he sees is a heart nibbled dry and empty by selfishness and greed and stubbornness. And so the wise father says, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. I, I'm not concerned that you just behave the right way. I'm not content just making sure you look okay on the outside. What I'm concerned about is you. The innermost you, the real you. I want to parent your heart. I want to understand and guide your deepest affections and fears and motivations. I'm pursuing you, the real you, everything about you. Give me your heart, child. 
See, fathers, we can't stay here. We have to go deeper. And our families have to go deeper. All of us have to penetrate beyond the surface. Because the only way to real connection and lasting transformation goes through the heart. And the only way to do that is through open and honest communication. Vulnerable communication. Prayerful communication. So that's why we need to communicate. Well then, what's it going to take to do this? What's it going to cost us? Well, you notice here it says, My son, the wise father says, Give me your heart. Observe my ways. Now you notice, on the one hand, this wise father, he's not passive and soft, right? He's not just waiting for his children to come and ask him and just share their hearts. No, no, no. He's taking initiative. But on the other hand, the father is not aggressive. He's not forcing his way. He's not impatient. No, no, no. The wise father draws out the heart of their children patiently, gently, warmly. Now, here's what that means, practically speaking. It means the first objective in any communication is not to get my point across to you. It's to understand. It's to listen. See, we often think of communication as the ability to get my point across to the other person. But that misses the point. That misses the point. Proverbs 18, verse 2, you know, it says, the fool is someone who likes to talk and talk and talk what's on his mind. He never listens. He never understands first. That's the fool. Now, unfortunately, perhaps it's from the culture or from other influences, but most of us, we grew up in an environment where that was how we were raised. When our parents are talking, you're not supposed to ask or share your emotions or, 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 or say anything. Shut up and listen. And so unfortunately, you know, many of us, we grew up in that environment and we didn't really know any better. And so when we had our own family, well, that's all we knew. So that's what we did. And what happens is, you know, when our children are young and small, they speak from their hearts. They speak from their hearts and they're looking for your hearts. They're looking to engage heart to hearts. But, you know, maybe because we're too busy or we're too preoccupied or we just don't see the importance. We say, yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm busy. Papa's busy. Mamiana, mamiana. And soon our children, they learn that, you know, a good talk for us really just means shut up and listen. Here's what Papa has to say. Here's what you should know. And the irony, you know, is that years later, the tables are turned. Now, it's the parents who are trying to get their teenagers to talk, but the teens won't talk anymore. They've stopped trying. Because the communication lines have broken down. And it's going to take a lot of work to repair that. What's wrong? What's happening? Why is that the case? It's because the finest art of communication is not, it's not articulation. It's connection. It's connection through compassion. It's not, it's not, I'm going to pitch my presentation. I'm going to be very clear with my sermon. No, no, no. It more, it's more than that. It's to listen and understand. It's to ask the right questions, to draw out what's underneath, and to help them understand what's going on inside them. You know, another illustration from, from Ted Tripp that I'm borrowing here is that he gives this scenario, right? 
where you buy a new sneakers for your child. You know, it's not the best, and your child says he, he doesn't really like it, but that's all you can afford at that moment. And so the next morning, as your child prepares to go to school, he's putting on his shoes and he starts crying. Well, how do you handle that as a parent? Well, if your first objective is to teach him what's right and to get your point across, well, here's what you could say. You could say, look, don't be too upset. That's all I can afford. It's not that bad. It's just sneakers. It's such a big deal. Don't be such a baby. There are more important things in life. You can be happy about that. Now, well, you're right. You know, you're right. And you're very clear, but you're not parenting. You're not connecting. You're just talking over the emotions of your child. You're just covering their hearts with more and more right things. You're not understanding. But if your goal is to connect, to understand, to draw their hearts, then you could say, you're upset about that sneakers, aren't you? Well, what don't you like about them? Well, I see. You're afraid that your friends are going to make fun of you. That really hurts, doesn't it? See, when you do that, when you go, dig deeper than what's on the surface, you're no longer just saying what's right. You're listening to what's wrong. See, you're showing your child by that compassion that you're not just concerned that they behave the right way. You're telling them, I'm concerned about your heart. Give me your heart, child. My son, give me your heart. I want to parent your heart. Oh, wait a minute. Why then don't more of us do this? You know, I'm a parent myself with just one little toddler, and I'm already struggling to do this. It's difficult. It's tremendously expensive. It's going to cost you a lot to do this. And let me just point out a few things here so that we get a picture of what this looks like. And for one thing, you know, it's Father's Day. It's helpful to recognize the sacrifices that a father makes on a daily basis. And also, number two, you know, communication is a group thing. It's, an, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's everyone's responsibility. And so to some extent, whether you are a parent or not, all of us need to pay these costs if we want our families to have better communications. For starters, this kind of communication is going to require lots and lots of time. Because any insightful conversation, any meaningful conversation, it takes time to develop. You know, children don't share on demand, right? You have to find the right place at the right time with the right topic. And when that crucial moment comes up, that may mean dropping everything you have at the moment to seize that and to engage their hearts and to talk to them and to draw their hearts, to welcome their hearts in. Which means this doesn't just require time, it's going to require a lot of flexibility. A lot of flexibility. See, the problem is, when parents become too busy, you know, we have a lot of responsibility on our plates. The problem is, when we're too busy, we only talk to our children when there's something really wrong. And our children sense this. And when we do that, we will never have their hearts. We will never have our hearts. Because any healthy communication doesn't just happen occasionally. 
It has to be built up daily, right? It has to be built up daily, day by day by day, month by month, year by year. And that's when our hearts open up to each other, right? And so this requires time and flexibility. And oh, by the way, this is going to take a lot of energy. (laughs) Because if your goal is not just to talk to them, but to listen and understand, that is going to require a lot of mental energy, spiritual stamina to really listen, to really draw their hearts, to ask the right questions, to understand and to help them clarify what's happening inside them. And, you know, unfortunately, we as parents, we're at that age where our bodies are just breaking down and our energies are just plummeting. So this is going to really be a huge sacrifice. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) drawing out the hearts of your children, that requires skill, real skill. This is not just some natural thing that we do. This is not just by instinct. It requires a skill. Like learning to play the piano or driving the car, you need practice, intentional practice, and to learn from other people. How can you draw out the hearts of your child in an age-appropriate way? In, in a way that you're not too passive and soft, but you're not too forceful and aggressive and hard. How do you do it in such a way that it's natural? That it's not awkward, that it draws the conversation towards God and not towards my own self. How do you do that? Well, that requires practice and learning the skills. And you need to read good books, you need to attend workshops, you need to be coached from mature parents. All that to say, time, energy, flexibility, skill, all that to say that doing this is going to be an immense sacrifice. Going to be immense sacrifice. If you do this right, you won't be able to live the life you can do. It's going to affect your lifestyle. It's going to affect your careers and your studies. It's going to affect your, your plans and your hobbies. It's going to affect your personal time for Netflix and reading and biking. It's a huge sacrifice. Make no mistake. Communication is not some feel-good thing that you can just do on the spot. It's expensive. It's a high price, but if we don't pay this price, it just means we're going to pay another price. You know, I have seen, especially in my experience as a pastor, I have seen the faces of many broken parents whose children no longer want to have anything to do with them because their children never felt connected and understood in that house. I have talked to so many teenagers whose stories are filled with pain, who have this deep, aching longing to have a family they can call their homes, but they don't. See, that's the price we have to pay if we don't pay the price to engage our hearts. What then is going to push us and keep on motivating us to pay this price every single day? Well, we need to look at the blessings. What are the blessings? You know, in in business, it's a custom practice that you run a cost versus benefit analysis, right? You look at the cost and you see if the benefits are going to worth paying that cost. Well, in this case, what are the blessings? Is it worth it on the other side? Well, the, the proverb says this, fathers, of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Going to be tremendous joy, wonderful joy, sweet joy 
And what it's saying is, if you chose to pay the price, you put in the time, you gave out your energy, you made yourself flexible, you went out of your way to learn the skills, you chose to sacrifice yourself day in and day out for year upon year upon year. In other words, if you didn't settle for talking on the surface, if you made the sacrifice to penetrate beyond that and, and shepherd and parent the hearts of your family, then you're not going to regret it. When you see that your family is out there living the life that they really want, pursuing what they really inside their hearts, and they're loving God, and they're serving people, and they're righteous, you're going to greatly rejoice. You're not going to regret losing sleep. You're not going to regret having your careers compromised, your plans neglected, your meetings interrupted, your hobbies forgotten. You're not going to regret any of that. There's going to be sweet, sweet joy. When your children go out of your homes and they're living the kind of life that would please God and serves men, and they would gladly keep on coming back to your home because they found a, a family that is looking out for their hearts. What, 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 what price tag can a parent place on that, right? What, what can be more, worth more than that? So, so there's an immense potential blessing in paying that cost. But there's more than that. There's more than that. See, you look at this passage again, and you recognize that you are also sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. And He is the Father of the righteous who greatly rejoices at them. See, God is the one who wants you to engage with your family, to connect with them and to shepherd them and to look out for each other's hearts. God is the one who wants that for you. He wants that more than you. In fact, He commands it. He teaches you to do it. And so for us to do that and for him to see that, that would bring God great joy, immense joy, sweet joy to our Father in heaven. And Christians, what can be a greater motivation than that? What? What can be a greater motivation than that? Because who is your Father? Remember who your Father in heaven is. Remember his great love for you. You know, there's this passage in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says that in these last days, God has now spoken to us. He's now communicated to us by His Son. The Word, God's words, became flesh. That's His ultimate way of communicating with us. And see, God doesn't just settle for speaking far off from heaven, sending us words from a distant place. God did not settle for just speaking from the thunder and cloud and fire as he did before. No, 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 because God is the Father who says, my child, give me your heart. Because I'm not just concerned that you behave the right way. I'm not just concerned that you look okay on the outside, my son. I'm concerned about you, the innermost you, the real you. I want to parent your heart. I want to understand you and listen to you and engage everything about you. 
Give me your heart, son. Give me your heart, daughter. And so God the Father comes in the person of Jesus Christ. And see, what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't just keep on talking and talking and talking and teaching. It's not the articulation of Jesus that grabs our heart. It's his compassion. Because he doesn't just talk over our emotions. He weeps with us. He bleeds like us. He gets tired. He becomes fully human to connect with us by compassion. And in the greatest act of sacrifice, he pays the highest cost. Because he doesn't just give us his time, his energy, his skills, and flexibility. No, no, he gives us his heart. The Father gives us absolutely everything in his heart because he's after our hearts. He's drawing out our hearts. That's who our Father in heaven is. And once we see that, and once that really dawns upon us, that great love, that is what will compel me and motivate me to do whatever it takes to pay the price and communicate with my children and my family and my parents. If that could bring my father joy, then that will be my greatest joy. Because the father loves me. And so shall I love him. Amen.